I'm going to give you some tips today on how to prepare your kid for college. Let's do this. Hi, my name is Stephanie Pletka, and I'm here to navigate the messy parts of motherhood. I'm a small-town mom of four who took a parenting blog and wrote a book to help moms find the goodness in the hard places, to chase their dreams, and write their story. So sit tight in the carpool lane. You know what I'm talking about, mamas. Comfortable in those yoga pants and get ready to be encouraged. This is the Motherhood Mindset with Stephanie Pletka. Today on Motherhood Mindset, we're talking about the kids leaving for college. Can you believe it? After all these years, from preschool to productive citizen, the time has arrived. I'm going to warn you right now, I'm going to cry. I already have been crying just taking notes for this episode. (laughs) You know, they say the days are long, but the years are short, and it's totally true. If you have littles, I am your future, and I'm telling you that in the blink of an eye, they're leaving for college. (laughs) And the other day, it was funny because I'm going to have a junior in college and then a freshman in college. And you would think, okay, I've done it before, but it's different kids and different personalities. And I'll tell you, you know, the dynamics changes. I'm heartbroken that he's leaving and I'm not ready. But at the same time, you got to think, how does it, how does it change the dynamics for their siblings, the dad? So it's not just mom. Maybe some of you guys have sent off your kids and it was all boys. And then you've got the girl at home and she talks more and it's like, oh, my best friend. And you guys can go places and travel and do things. And then I've had some friends say, the girl left first and left me with the boys. And then the boys were like, they don't talk at all. You know, I have 10,000 words that I've got to spill out by noon. And the boys, they're like, "Mm mm-hmm, okay, yeah, all right. They shake their head. But you don't get like a huge conversation out of them, nothing really deep. (laughs) They're just kind of easygoing. They don't take much. So it's like just add water and foom. (laughs) This has been, this is a difficult one for me. Are there any other moms out there like me that you're sitting in the car and you're crying with me? (laughs) And you're thinking, me too. Or maybe you're a couple of years, you know, behind and you've got two more summers with your teenager. Make the most of it. Make it all count. Number one, you're going to give them that medical card and they'll make a copy of it, like take a picture of it front and back. And I have them post it in their calendar, in their Google calendar that says medical card picture taken on this date. So then they can go back to their pictures on their camera and type in that date. And there's their medical card. Just a quick little tip there, just quick and easy, because sometimes they're like scrolling through and they're like, where is that picture? I have no idea. But also they need a copy of it in their billfold or their purse or whatever. Number two, it's really important to map out where the doctor's office is. Those who are going to be out of town, across country, find the doctor's office online. Once you get there, you can drive over there. You could actually meet the ladies in the office and just say, hi, I'm going to be a new patient. And you can go ahead and sit with them and fill out the paperwork. So then you can say, okay, I know what the copay is going to be. Then they just know what to do. They're not going to lay in their dorm beds, half dying, wondering what to do. So they can be intentional and take action and be an advocate for themselves. 
When I was in college, I had no idea what to do. I didn't have any money. I was in a different town, a different state across the country. I practically about died from pneumonia, <laughs> never really telling anybody, just laying in bed, not sure where to go. So you don't make a choice. You make don't make a decision. And then I called home and I was like, I am dying. <laughs> I feel like I'm on my last breath. And they're like, oh, good Lord. And this way they are going to take actionable steps and be more intentional in knowing how, what, where in order to get there to make it happen, okay? The second thing, I took them over to CVS, Walgreens, any drugstore of your choice, and we just went over, like, if you need aspirin, if you need, you know, bandages, if this happens and your kid's allergic to poison ivy, this is what you're going to need. This is the brand. This is the price. Just to kind of give them a heads up to... Get comfortable with the drugstore and navigate those areas to figure out if you need peroxide, if you need alcohol, if you need Band-Aids. I I know it sounds simple, but we've probably mostly provided all that stuff for them. Let's just do a walkthrough and figure it out in case they're swimming in the summer and they have an earache or swimmer's ear, where to go, what to look for. Uh, Advil versus aspirin. So it's always good to give them a little tour just to kind of navigate their way through CVS and figure it out. All right. You know, it's important to teach kids how to fill out paperwork. I always have them do that when I go to the doctor. They've been doing this since probably 12 years old, but it's easy just to let mom do everything. Sometimes when I pick up the kids and their friends and we go to the movie theater and then I'm taking them home, they'll say, I'll ask him, what is your address? And he's like, well, if we get close enough, I can show you. And I said, well, just maybe give me the address and I'll put it in MapQuest. And they're like, I don't actually know the address, which is horrifying to me that, you know, a kid doesn't know his address or his phone number or his parents' phone number. Hey, there may be some things that you, we take for granted that we believe that they know and they don't. So it's really just a good time to sit down with them and throw out all these top 10 of the things that they need to learn and be like, oh, you didn't even know that? Okay, well, it's okay. We're going to learn it now. Number three, how to make a meal. You know, they're going to be in the dorm rooms and they may or may not have some sort of facility or kitchen in their room or on their floor. We want to make something quick and easy and preferably healthy. Uh, For us, we do a lot of chicken Caesar salads. Just go in there and buy the prepackaged lettuce. It's super easy breezy. Grab some chicken. You can either get from the deli or they can bake it themselves. I doubt there's a grill. Throw the Parmesan cheese on it and some croutons. It's super simple. We will take chicken and do fajitas. That's super simple too. Just sour cream, salsa, cheese, onions, like whatever they like on it. So we'll sit down and go, okay, let's make some meals. Now they've got like four hearty meals, of course, mac and cheese, spaghetti. There's all sorts of things like that. It's important just to have, you know, just an arsenal in your pocket of a few meals to make. So you're not always going out to eat. Sometimes you just don't feel like it. I have a girlfriend. It was so funny. She said that she visited her son in his dorm, and she noticed that he had this costco size spaghetti marinara jar. And as they're talking, he just nonchalantly goes over and opens it and dips a piece of pizza into the jar. Now, as she watches him, she says, how long have you had this jar of, you know, I don't see a refrigerator or anything. How long have you had this jar in here? 
And he said, oh, it's fine. It doesn't need to be refrigerated. I've had it since last semester. Oh, my gosh. She immediately is like, oh, my God, I have failed this child. (laughs) And as he runs down the hall for something, she peeks inside of it just to see if there's any, you know, if there's green carpet growing across the top of it. (laughs) See, there's so many things that we haven't taught our kids. We just assume because... Life is life, and it's crazy and chaotic, and we just think they know certain things, and maybe they don't. All right, number four, laundry. Oh, that's a big one. I know my kids know how to do laundry, but do they do laundry? Not always. It's funny, my oldest went to college, he's a junior, and they actually have where once you wash the clothes, you put in a text, they'll send you a text when your clothes are dry, when your clothes are washed, to come get them. I'm like, what? <laughs> I want one of those for our house. I don't know that they'll actually go in there and pick it up once the texts arrive. Washing laundry. I mean, it's just really important that they sit down and know how to, you know, put towels from the clothes. And it's just important that they know how to wash clothes. My goodness, my kids have been doing this a long time because mama always said, I am not your maid. You know, it takes a village. It takes a team of people. And the more you have, I mean, you just need everybody to jump in the game and make it happen. If your kids don't know how to wash clothes, that is a definite must, all right? (laughs) No, I just sit them down. I'm like, okay, take this little cup. You know, this is how much you need. Pour it in. Bleach is only for white or towels. And then we separate towels from everything else, colored from white. Let's look and see, do you need coins? Do we need to get you? Like, what is the situation? So learning how to do your laundry start to finish is a must, Cleaning up the house, number four, cleaning up the house. So I am sure, like any dorm, it's going to be messy, especially with the boys. (laughs) It smells like a a gym sock. You walk in, you're like, oh, my God. For us, what we typically do is we put a timer on how long we're going to clean up. So it doesn't feel long and arduous. We'll just say, okay, whatever we can get done in 15 minutes. And we'll put on some high-impact music, or they'll put on their earpods. And we'll just hit it on the timer and go for it. And however much we can get done, maybe that's washing the dishes or maybe that's cleaning your room or scrubbing the shower. You know, some of those things where you just kind of like drop it into segments. I have a great friend, Danielle Worth, and she wrote a book called Ignite the Organizer in Your Child. So check that out, run and don't walk to get that because it will totally help you create fun ways to get your kids to help you organize the house, all right? Number five, grab those photos of the kids. Grab your friends and family and and tell stories with your kids about days gone by and what they mean to you. My son asked for pictures. He said, could we do a collage or a video? He wanted a roast with his friends. Can you believe that? A roast. It was hard for me to do, but it was was fun to watch. (laughs) What we did was we got on the back porch swing with our family and friends And we told stories of all the fun things in the past of when he was little. And really, he just was, he wanted a roast. He's like, just laugh about some of the things. And one of them for me, he would never walk into preschool without his favorite stuffed animal and his older brother's hand. You know, just funny little fun things that they would remember or it just makes them feel special. It just makes them feel like they are custom, which they are. And they're number one in that event at that moment. And they're not sharing it with all the other kids. It's, it's all about them. Number five, the talk. 
We talked about drugs and peer pressure. We talked about hazing in college. Just use your gut, gut instinct that says, okay, this is, this is not going to be good. You know, the whatever, this is not going to turn out. Think about tomorrow or your future or how it's going to affect you. Just be wise. You know, you can always walk away. There's a great quote from We Bought a Zoo. Do you remember Benjamin Me? He always said, sometimes all you need is 20 seconds of insane courage. Just literally 20 seconds of the most embarrassing bravery. And I promise you, something good will come of it. When there's peer pressure and people are laughing at you or come on, man, you just have to stand up and be like, okay, this moment, this second may be super embarrassing, but I'm going to say no. I'm going to walk away and I'm going to be an advocate for myself. These people, they're not going to be around in six months or when you're in a wheelchair or you're dealing with drug overdose or something stupid. They're not going to be around. So you have to be an advocate for you and also pray And ask God to give you wisdom, that the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you. Just say a quick prayer in the grocery store line, in the dorm room, in your bed, in class, just wherever it is. Pray for a discerning spirit, for wisdom, for good friends, for favor. In everything you do, put God first and he will direct you and make your efforts successful. Proverbs 3, 6. Number 7. Number seven, take a family photo, something fun as this is the, something fun, like this is the last picture we took before you left for college. But also don't forget to take video because you can always make a photo from a video, but you you can't hear the laughs and the banter and all the kids, the things that they were saying before they left. So get a video and a photo with your family and just have a great time. You could even set up on a tripod your iPhone and just let it run when you guys are on the porch swing laughing or talking or having a game night and just really enjoy the journey and just soak it all in. Number eight, let them know that you are their emergency contact. You're their 911, their help, the first person to call without any judgment. All right, if there's drinking involved or there's drugs or they're in a position where they're like, I need to get out of here. Just tell them, look, just call me. We don't even have to talk about it. I'll pick you up. It's no big deal. A day or two later, let them talk. Listen to them. Mostly listen. Don't be in shock and horror and all. (laughs) Don't really show them your emotions on your sleeve, but just listen. And then maybe take a deep breath. Maybe go for a walk and be like, okay, we're going to work this out. We'll figure it out. But let them know that you are a safe place. Number nine, car maintenance. How to change a tire. Okay, I still am not sure that we know how to do that. My husband did go over all that with them. But I mean, really, if we had to do it, we probably could. But the best way for us at this time is probably just call AAA. (laughs) And or just call us. And but yeah, so we had my husband showed them how to change a tire and all that. But you know, I mean, you think about it, they change the tire and then they don't put the nuts and screws on exactly tight enough that gives me anxiety (laughs) laying in bed and not thinking about that so probably the best thing call AAA or to call us and we can help them so for us we use discount tire that's not an ad but we love them because you can insure the tire for like 40 bucks or something and then if something ever happens to the tire a nail flat whatever they'll just replace it for free 
that has been our experience. It's been wonderful. I think there's a little bit of labor cost, but you're not having to buy another $250 tire. So number 10 is money management. I sit down with them and we talk about, and we've been doing this for a while now, building credit. So for some people, they may say, like Dave Ramsey might say, we do not do credit. Credit score does not matter. But honestly, I we build credit score. You know, if you're going to purchase utilities or do anything like that and you have a great credit score, then they're not going to take $100 or a $300 deposit. Obviously, if you go to purchase a car, if your credit score is high, then you'll be able to get a car for, you know, the interest rate is going to be lower. Of course, we'd love for them to pay cash for a car, but that's not always the case. So for us, we're talking about how to build credit, credit cards, and how to use them to build credit and not use them just for fun and be like, buy something that's intangible or even a TV for your college dorm and then you can't pay for it. And then it's like, oh my gosh, I owe $30 late fee. And then it's the compound effect. And before you know it, you graduate and you owe $5,000 on a Discover card. Have a six-month emergency fund because at this point they don't really have many bills. So just to have some padding there so they're not, you know, on the street when they can't find a job in like, you know, two weeks or something. (laughs) Number 10 is how to build credit and handle their finances. I know right now a check, it just seems like, oh, that's so old school. I had to write a check the other day for the guy who cut our trees, who trimmed our trees, and I couldn't find a checkbook. I was like, where is that thing? So for us, we had to teach the kids, you know, how to write a check. Where do you put your name? No, you cannot use red ink. (laughs) All those little things, how to go to an ATM and get your money out. I mean, I know most kids probably know all this, but they're probably Venmoing everything and zelling everything. So everything's electronic. Money management is a huge deal. That really sets them up for life. I was reading, I think it was Susie Orman was talking about how, like, if you put $200 in your account every every month for like starting it, I think it's 22 years old. Don't quote me completely on this, but you know, you'll be a millionaire by the time you're like 40 years old. If you do that every month in like a Fidelity account or something where it earns 8% interest, because let's get real, a checking account, that's just, that should just be enough money to pay your bills. <laughs> that's it. You don't need more than that because you're not going to get any interest on that. You could have 300000 in your account and get like $15 a month off that. So <laughs> you definitely want it in a Fidelity account or something like that. Now, as I say all this, you'll need to do all the research for yourself. I do not want to be held accountable for what you did or did not do in stocks and Fidelity accounts or whatever. But for us, we just sit our kids down. Money management is very important to us. How to build credit, where to put your money, the interest, put some money in stocks in the S&P, all those things, and you know the importance of paying off that credit card, but only using it to build credit and not just to buy things. So with that said, I have a bonus for you. Number 11, and that is where I'm going to cry. That's where you sit your kid down and you say, look, whatever baggage or anything that I've had in my life, please don't take that with you. And I know that they are the foundation. Their life is the foundation from which they were built. But you might just sit down and say, look, these are some of the things that I probably did wrong. These are some of the things that I hope I did right. And allow them to kind of 
open up their luggage and take some things out so they can walk away with a lighter load, not carrying the baggage of, not carrying that heavy load, that heavy baggage of maybe the way I saw something and the way I made decisions, but say, look, you are just human. I'm just human. I'm just a person. And I've done my best at raising you with the resources that I had and just to go out there and, you know, live your life and without expectations of others, you know, when the expectations are so high and we make decisions out of fear, that's where we go wrong. And that's where we live small. I love you with everything in me. And maybe I've made some, some wrong choices. Maybe I've made you feel this way when I shouldn't or I didn't realize it. But I have always, I have always had your best interest at heart. And just to let them know, like, maybe I had some luggage, emotional luggage that I carried from my childhood. Maybe I made choices through that perspective sometimes. Pinpoint exactly what that example was and apologize for it. Like, I've always tried to apologize for the things that I knew I was aware of along the way. But maybe there was some things, maybe hurt something that they grabbed hold of that felt sticky that I didn't realize. And so I just want to stand here and apologize for any of those things that I did that made you feel bad or made you feel less than. And so maybe they can open their bag before they head out and unload some of those pieces before they leave for college to just know that, look, I had had your best interest at heart. Like every decision I made, everything I did, it was because I loved you with everything in me. And I am only human, and I am sorry. I want you to be an advocate for your life. I want you to have the boundaries and do all the things and live your life on your terms. So that when they walk away, just look, you know, I always laughingly said, if you need counseling or college, like, I'll pay for one of those. (laughs) So clearly right now I'm paying for college. One kid might say counseling, but I would probably pay for that too. Number 11 would be just to unload some of the baggage and lighten their load, help them lighten their load before they leave. This is going to be great. It's going to be a new transition. Don't see this as the end because an end creates a new beginning. It'll be like a caterpillar that turns into a butterfly or a tadpole into a frog. I mean, there are so many amazing transitions, endings that create new beginnings. It's a transformation of sorts. They're going to, your circle will actually become great. Greater, they'll get married and they'll have kids and just the family circle. It just gets it just gets more amazing. Have that one great last conversation before they leave for college, and it's going to be good. It doesn't mean that we don't grieve the end, but let's grieve it and then let it go and see the goodness in the next step because the endings create new beginnings. Here's to living your best life. Hey guys, if this show has blessed you, the number one way you can help me is to click the five stars and tell me what you think over on Apple Podcast. You can go to my website at stephaniepletka.com and subscribe or grab a copy of my book, Living Your Best Life, or even download the Audible for Moms on the Go. Are you in the Phoenix area? Tune into Faith Talk 1360 every Monday at four or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Until then, here's to living your best life.